Monday Night Raw podcast in the shadows. It's Black doing the damn thing. WWA. It's really good, y'all. Just everything is uh, beautiful as we officially start this road to Money in the Bank. Uh, you know, I had my predictions last week. One of two were in the match, but both of them were in the graphic. I said Ricochet and Cesaro would be two of my definite favorites to go into the match. But Ricochet was announced to be in the Money in the Bank matchup by uh, Alexa Bliss on the Moment of Bliss. Now, we've seen her be an excellent uh, out-of-the-ring source of information and just giving us a cool talk show and working the way up. Uh, the latter of all of the really cool talk show segments we've had throughout the years. I think it's, uh, you know, going to be ups and downs and bumps on the road. But at the same time, a moment of bliss could really be turning into something. Now, I know people are a little tired of the segment and the way things goes. But her making announcements is uh, something that could be built to be a staple. And also, um, I, I think that... A moment of bliss really got off of the ground just from a form of uh, uh, respectful critique. Uh, a moment of bliss got off the ground with Alexa being, you know, backstage, being very uh, candid and fake vulnerable about situations she's went through. You know, we miss Nia Jax. Hope she's getting well after her surgery. And uh, the turkey legs joke was something that I thought was hilarious. Uh, it was a couple of times where she went in on Nia Jax. I think it was maybe two, three weeks of that segment, I think. And I think it was, uh, either way, good, it's, it's a good segment. It's just a lot of elements that are in a lot of different directions. So, sorry about that. It'll, um, it'll all be figured out as time progresses, I'm sure. But all in all, she came out to give us the, uh, competitors in the men's money in the bank match this year because that's right we're getting a women's money in the bank match also but the format has kind of changed now i'm used to seeing i think what six superstars in the ring uh going at it for the money in the bank briefcase but apparently we've got four uh upper level mid carters i guess that's the the right way to call it and Braun Strowman, last year's winner, Drew McIntyre, one of the hungriest men on the roster right now, uh, Ricochet, of course, as we spoke on, probably the high-flying element to the match that we all knew would be in that, you know, because of his high-flying prowess, and uh, former Money in the Bank winner, you know, two years ago. Uh, Baron Corbin. So, hold on, because I'm not going to go down that man's entire list of accolades. We will be here until at least the end of SmackDown. But anyway, uh, so we got our full combatant set, and it's, um, hey, it's a good look. It's a good look for every one of them. I think right now they're all slotted. Ricochet, not exactly just because of his time on the main roster, but take nothing away from him because him going in a match like that, outside of just the high-flying element, we can see that Ricochet is uh, championship level, you know, a championship caliber superstar. And that's 
that's uh that's the feel I see with him going in. Like it's two birds and one stone. And one thing we've constantly heard on commentary is even though he excels at the high flying offense, he is definitely a man of many tricks. So he has more in his bag than just high octane offense. He can definitely adjust his heart in the ring. But um so yeah, those are the four. I like it. I'm not mad at it at all. Turned into a tag match. I'm not gonna go into details. Look, we're watching a a show about wrestling, you know, sports entertainment. The matches had to be built a certain way. The tension is there. We had two good guys. We had two bad guys. I know that there are complaints uh, in the off chance that, you know, WWE gets to hear what I'm saying. Maybe uh, maybe we can try to listen to what they're looking for more often. If they're complaining about the formulaics when they get into matches like that, then maybe things... Uh, can be tweaked somehow altered we'll continue watching and continue to try to build on it but right now as i've been uh sharing myself with Sami Zayn on the front lines and then certain things taking place just to gear up a conversation with how the wwe universe is deciding to perceive the product right now um i think that i think that we can deal with you know, certain things like, okay, it's going to be a tag match. And it's the opening segment of the show. And we've got superstars that have to get, the, well, I don't want to say have to get the TV time, but you know, they're all high level competitors. They're all very known faces. Dare I even say household names. So with these four men, I think this is, it's a great, it's raw and we got three weeks left. We've still got a lot of building to do. Um, I think maybe next week, looking at the segment, I'll be able to try to come with a little bit of something that I would want to see. But I can understand where some of the WWE universe is coming from with saying that, you know, we're seeing it all happen the same exact way. And, you know, maybe the fun for them in predicting what's going to happen in the product has soured a bit. And I mean, I can I can understand. I don't necessarily. uh I don't feel the same way, you know, like I get it though. Like they don't want to see how, you know, these things are just, uh, you know, just regularly just thrown in, you know, two good guys, two bad guys, you know, well, let's have a match next week. Oh, we're going to have the, we're going to have it all mixed and matched to like, we're going to have uh, the good guy and the bad guy team up against the good guy and the bad guy. I don't think that's what we need. I'm going to give it a week, and then maybe we'll be able to come with maybe, like, another creative idea for a segment just going into MITB. But I think WWE's got it, especially with these four. I think it's going to take a little bit more than a strong promo to really send that match to the moon leading up to it. But um, all in all, because we have a, a long show to get through tonight, I like the segment. I had no problem with it. The tag match, look, all of all of it ended after 30 minutes. So it was, um, it was all right. It was all right. Well, I mean, just to cover the match, Ricochet, uh, did hit a shooting star press after the after a power slam from Braun onto uh, Baron Corbin, I believe it was. Awesome angling on that shooting star press. No 6:30. I don't want to say the 6:30s thrown out. We know Ricochet got uh, injured, but. Um, he's better now, clearly. And I mean, it would have been, it was a little far, a little bit of distance would have had to go on that 630. So I don't know, but the shooting star looked just as nice. 
And God knows what we're going to get at that money in the bank. So that was that uh, first match. Like I said, it was good. And then um, we got into the next one, which was, I believe, the tag match with the Usos and the Revival. No, no, no. We're building to the Usos and the Revival, which gives a lot of depth to the Raw Tag Team division right now. And uh, the Usos end up taking on the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. Now, personally, I would like to see uh, Gallows and Anderson uh, do great things on Raw. I don't know if um, they're going to stick around with the company, and I don't, I don't really try to speak on too many superstars that do decide to depart from the company. You know, understandably, these are careers and people have lives and, you know, whatever so have you. But uh, Gallows and Anderson went in there, looked good, had a good match. That's what matters most. I think last time we seen Gallows and Anderson, I was singing their praises on SmackDown Live. Like, look at this. This is new. This is what we want to see. And I think they were taking on the Usos. Uh, Carl Anderson had on light blue trunks that night. If I can believe, I mean, if I can remember uh, correctly. But all in all, the Usos were able to pick up the win. Bunch of super kicks. Big Gallows is, the, you know, he's a definite strong man in there, very limber, and uh, one of the best spawn busters in the game belong to Anderson. To see a storyline come out of this, maybe, potentially, I mean, we need to see them win, but if they're not sticking around with the company, then why would they be made to look strong? You know, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of ways to look at it. I would like to see them stick around, but it's not up to me. Either way, promo segment after the fact. Usos came out the beginning saying they had something to share nobody knew about or nobody never seen before. And after the match segment turned into, uh, you know, Usos backstage on pre-recorded. But uh, they, they backstage and they got the, they catch the revival in the, the locker room shower area, shaving each other's back. So one of them was shaving the other's back. And then they came out and defended themselves or later on that night. And I'm going to get into that right now because it was actually for me, for me. And I'm not the entire WWE universe, but for me, I enjoyed uh, that the the way they defended themselves in the segment. Um, what took place? What, what, wait a minute. Pardon me. What took place was uh, them saying that they've known each other for 20 years and they wanted a favorite night. You know, you're going to help your brother out. So it's a little bit of a reach. But, uh, you know, just just we're trying to throw things out there and keep the Usos interesting, keep the revival and something to do. I wouldn't throw them at just any old thing. But it's, uh, you know, it's a manly thing. And it's nothing... It's nothing to frown upon. You know, these brothers are helping each other out. These are good men. You know, I could tell, you know, you can feel it on, on them. You know, they've been built as a definite tag team, and they've been that since. So it's very, very good to see them at least being able to defend themselves on top of having that in-ring capability the way they do and showcase. So all in all, it's a weird segment, a little odd, but hey, everybody stop being so uncomfortable with the sexuality. They're not gay and there's nothing against gay people. If they were a gay tag team, I would I, I would look at their in-ring capability, you know, first. So, I mean, it is funny in its own respects. It's, you know, corny type funny 
uh, some people saying got vents all over it. And I think by this point, we need to know what type of storylines we're dealing with when we know who we're dealing with. You know, like, it's all right. Just respect the power of the platform enough to try to offer up something that you think might be more entertaining as opposed to being so mean and critical toward the product that does put in enough effort each week. Maybe you could put in more or less, well, more, I don't know, whoever feels they way can feel they way. But um, like I said, all in all, it's all right, but we definitely build in the depth of the Raw Tag Team Division, and this is a great start. So that was the segment, and let's get on to the next one. Miz TV, back on Raw. I tell you, the man makes wherever he's at better. And that is very rare. I can appreciate the Miz, but Miz, let me go. Let me let me holler at you, Miz. Let me talk to you, bro. Look, man, I love those purple and gold shades, and I know I'm one to talk about repetition when it comes to some of the wardrobe. But man, look, if you rock it red, bro, you a list. Rock some red shades. Go ahead, do your thing with it. Let loose on that creativity. You know what I mean, like you back on the red brand. You, the, you, this show is now a list because of you. Y'all gotta take on the A show as the flagship. So go out there, do your thing, and make those cosmetics pop, bro. Anyway, with that said, um, you know I got a lot of emotions toward this. Not bad emotions. Not necessarily the greatest emotions, but at the same time. I know that um I know that Miz is uh he's he's good, you know? And him and Shane have been uh how can we say it the best way? Him and Shane have been a story that's been told from the beginning organically and they've had their match and now we're seeing you know, where it's building toward. I was looking forward to more of a, you know, slower build with them, just with, uh, like, uh, you know, we got big shows coming up overseas. Maybe we could have that. Money in the Bank, like, right after Mania, after they had their match, I don't think people would have forgot about it, but if it didn't fill the match, fill the space, have Shane go out there and do his thing, whatever, no problem. So all of that outside of storyline is politics. To the story... You know, Miz had Bobby Lashley on Miz TV. Bobby Lashley talking about himself in third person. Because he don't got Leo no more. Hope Leo's all right. We've seen and heard the rumblings on the dirt sheets and, you know, what else the internet is talking about. I'm not going to, you know, really give any any credence to it. I'm just going to let television go ahead and continue to tell the stories and we'll see what's right and wrong. But Bobby Lashley talking about himself in the third person. And this eventually uh, sets off a match with him and Miz. Him and Miz having a cool match. It's a good match for, you know, Miz to take on a big, strong-looking man. And, you know, Bobby Lashley could have a, a new face that he's taking on. New faces, new matches, new eras. You know what I mean? And uh, this brought Shane out because, you know, we haven't seen it. I say, you know, it's been about two weeks since that little uh, beatdown with Miz with, with the Superstar shakeup and stuff like that with the first night. However it worked. But either way, uh, you know... Miz did that. Miz won. Well, no, Miz didn't. Well, Miz won that little fight that they had. But now Shane is continuing the fight. 
distract the Miz long enough. Bobby Lashley pick up the roller spin for the victory. And then Shane literally comes in for the beatdown on the Miz. Turns into a challenge backstage and an acceptance on Twitter. So we're going to see those two again. I'll share my feels on it at another time. I'm not mad about it. Like I said, I don't I don't feel any way about it right now. I just want to see those two go at it. Shane was looking, you know, great for Shane. And he definitely looks like he's been working out. Oh, they're going to do it in a cage. That's big. So those two going at it in a steel cage. Shane's going to jump off something. I heard him say, well, you know, just rumblings over the internet. If Shane hits his big move, then he wins. If Shane misses his big move, then he loses. I got a million predictions on, well, not even predictions, but I got a million ideas on what I'd want to see Shane do. Shooting star off the top of the cage. Maybe an elbow, maybe a coast-to-coast, but all three of those things really scare me if Shane misses. So, the Miz versus the best in the world, Money in the Bank, still cage match, three weeks, streaming live on the WWE Network. I'm not mad at all. Lucha House Party takes on the Viking Raiders next. Don't you like how everyone is saying that name that way? You can just see how everybody's trying to, you know, just go with whatever the designated name is for them right now, this week, today. It's pretty funny. But, um, no, all jokes aside, uh, I like the Viking Raiders. Cartwheel move to get out of the way of the Lucha House Party. When I think it was a drop kick. Shouts to the Lucha House Party for coming out. After that beatdown last week, they blindsided him. At the very start of the match, but it was awesome drop kick from Kalisto. This is what I talk about with somebody. One is that's just with the static that just brings that fight every single time. That's Kalisto. And he goes out there and he has his brothers with him, his hermanos, the Carnas, and they went out there and they did their thing. We know it was gonna be a beatdown, an epic beatdown, and that is exactly what it was. Not just because of how bad they got beat up, but because of how good the Viking Raiders looked doing it. The Lucha House part do not look any worse. But at the same time, some people are, you know, speculating, saying that the Viking Raiders will be a joke tag team in a little while. I would beg to differ only because the tag division on Raw right now is looking great, in my opinion. We got so many uh, teams that, well, AOP is coming back soon. Uh, We've got... The Usos, we got the Revival, we got Hawkins and Ryder right now. And then we've got the Viking Raiders. Then we got the Lucha House Party, where now we could maybe even see them go on a tag team championship run. It might be nice to see the tag belts on 205 Live just to, you know, have them there and show that inter-brand unity. But, um, however... Uh, the Viking Raiders pick up the victory with the Viking experience completely decimated all three members of the Lucha House Party. I believe it might have been Kalisto since he was the lightest one. He had been about 15 feet in the air. I'm exaggerating. But they tossed him up very, very high. And then he came down landing that much more impactfully. So with that, uh, the Viking Raiders, is that what they called? Yeah, the Viking Raiders picked up the win with the Viking experience. Uh, Lucha House Party didn't get the victory, but maybe, I don't want to say this is when we'll officially know it's a joke team, but maybe, just maybe, we'll see Lucha House Party take on the Viking Raiders 
in a Lucha House Rules match. Maybe we could make the Lucha House Rules stipulation a little more serious. Like, even though you guys thought y'all were going to get an easy one, because of just how well-oiled of a machine the Viking Raiders are, they actually might be able to pick up a victory or come close to picking up a victory. But Lucha House Rules, the only thing that saved them, might be able to create a program even. Like, look, the only reason why y'all beat us is because of that. But y'all almost lost. It could be a respect thing going in. could be a blood feud. A big rivalry between the two teams. We'll see. But all in all, a nice little squash match. And uh, we move forward. So, on to the next segment. All right. Next moment of Bliss segment. Uh, Alexa Bliss introducing all of the women's uh, competitors in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. In three weeks, streaming live on the WWE Network. Called out Natty first. Claps and applause. I like to see Natty. I'm always happy to see Natty. She is my number one as far as in-ring tech works. She is just the, what was it? The every woman. The state, the, the elder stateswoman. However we're going to call her. But she is totally uh, the, the, the unsung captain of the ship. You know, so I definitely am um, happy to see Natty in that match. Um, then uh, Alexa Bliss calls out Dana Brooke. And I almost lost my shit, but I'm so proud. I'm so proud that, you know, Dana's getting her shot and getting her opportunity to, you know, be able to call herself uh, Miss Money in the Bank. It's something to do. She's waiting in line. Some people are saying it's a little out of nowhere, but how else does anything start? You know, if if this was planned, then everyone's going to say, no, I don't want to see Dana Brooke. So now she's there and it is what it is. They was laying it on a little thick with the opportunity thing. I definitely appreciate the idea of opportunities, but some people don't like this idea of humility. And, you know, this is that psychological entitlement thing that Sami Zayn uh, was speaking on, which we will get into. But let's not jump around too, too much because then we got uh, Naomi as the third competitor being listed in the Women's Money in the Bank match. And yes, she is the athleticism that we're going to see in the match. Dana Brooke is a gymnast, so we might see some awesomeness from her. Maybe, maybe not. Natty's a hard hitter. And the fourth and final competitor in the match is someone that is well-deserving, a former women's champion, you know, multi-time, both brands, you know, almost actually started paving the road to this Becky Two Belts thing that we all love and cherish so much now. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Lil Miss Bliss herself. Alexa Bliss is going to be in the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, and She's won last year, cashed in in record time, became women's champion again. I think that might have been when Alexa Bliss became the first ever Raw and SmackDown women's champions. Not at the same time, but to be the first to hold both championships. It's an accolade all in of itself. So, with that, four strong combatants, they all start, you know, talking catty arguments, blah, 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 but we want to see a good cat fight anyway. Naomi challenges Alexa Bliss to match in street clothes. Alexa Bliss obliges, wasn't really with it, but, you know, she's rocking shoes, LOL, shoes wasn't never tied for real, laces was way too long, it was, you know, cute little gimmick, 
whatever. They talking about she should have fought with no shoes on, but how is she going to do that? I got one name for you. Alexander Rusev. He's already done it. He did get the injury, but he was running around out there with no shoes on for a minute. I came in on the tail end of it. But the fact that he was out there with no shoes on for the amount of time that he was out there and really winning, it was an eye-opening experience to see how important having boots on when you in there is. But luckily, he's all right. And now we might even get to see him hold a tag team championship on SmackDown and potentially even more. But we'll just have to see how that all plays out with the Bulgarian George Clooney. You see, we're talking about him. We done segued off of the women's division. But we do have all four combatants named. And we do have that match that's set between Naomi and Alexa Bliss. Naomi was able to pick up the win with a rear view. Pulled off Alexa Bliss's sneakers. A little converses, whatever. Not even to talk down on it. But good way to start building toward the match. Now, I'm, I don't want to act like I'm entitled to an opinion. But... One small thing that I would like to see is just a little more brutality from the ladies this year. Now, last year, they seemed like they were trying to be pretty. I think Ember was in the match, Natty was in the match, Lexa Bliss was in the match, and we had three other superstars. I believe maybe Bailey was in, Carmella might have been in. Either way, either way. Hey, wait a minute. These are all raw superstars that are going to be in Money in the Bank. What What are we doing? That's interesting. So it's not going to be any SmackDown women superstars. Is anybody ready for that? Or are we focusing on the SmackDown women's tag team division? I don't know. Right now, maybe that's where the where things are better suited, potentially. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. But I think that might be a thing because we didn't get to see the Iconics on Monday Night Raw last night outside of a video package, which was fine. But, you know, just so... Uh, you know, speculation and looking into the product. But all in all, that was the women's segment. Very fun. I could sit and talk about the women all day, but we're not going to do that. So uh, let's get on into the next one. <sighs> next segment is uh, the next installment of the Firefly Funhouse featuring Bray Wyatt and... Abby the Witch, and Mercy the Buzzard, and our newest addition to the family, Rambling Rabbit. (laughs) Uh, Bray was painting. I know we've seen the segment by now, but he's painting, releasing stress, and... uh, (laughs) He wakes up Abby or something like that, and she was mad at him. You need to go and watch it yourself. Bray is excellent in this role. I I really can't even try to put it into words what it is Bray Wyatt is accomplishing. The be- The best I could say is that he's... He's gotten the attention of the WWE Universe in mass. I would like to see this uh, segment continue. I don't want to see it get corny. And some people are already saying after the third week, it's going to start getting stupid. Stupid. 
I think that last week and this week were just the perfect amount of, you know, drizzled on elements. The comedy, the weird factor. If I were to critique one thing, Bray can keep the happy. Hold it. I will light the way. All you have to do is let me in. That's his line, right? That's a little catchphrase at the end. I like that. And don't be a weirdo on the let me in. No, 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 no. The stockholders was a little weirded out, you know, thinking all that. All right, look, now I'm saying it's somebody in the WWE Universe. Hey, I like it. I enjoy it. I will give last night a 99. The only reason why I wouldn't get a 100 is because he didn't keep that cheery persona, which I think is a part of what everyone likes and is enjoying about it. Not too, too happy, but not too, 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 uh, you know, cryptic and crazy. But at the same time, it was a great segment. Just the, the tag phrase. I mean, hey, this is just my opinion. I don't, it is what it is. If it, if he does it, however he does it, however Mr. McMahon wants it done, it is what it is. But I think for the positive preservation of this segment, which can which can go places. Uh, we need, to, not need, but I would like to see uh, Bray, you know, just keep it cheery because he's on it. Not, not too cheery. Everything else was perfect. It was just that. So, oh, and the fun of the word of the day. Apparently, Abby, 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 Abigail, the witch. Oh, wait, let's talk about his painting first. See, so many things. The painting that he was uh, putting together was, I believe, a throwback to the old SmackDown Live episode where he was feuding with Randy Orton, maybe for the WWE Championship. But either way, um, it was that burning compound, the burning house, and... Uh, when Randy tried to destroy his life, uh, livelihood or whatever, burnt up the spirit of Abigail in the building. Very weird. Hilarious at the same time, Randy, the intense face and the laughing and the fire. All of it was great stuff. Good throwback to that. And it could say that was a turning point. And we see, we if you go back and watch that segment, which I would recommend, but you could see that Bray was actually showing signs of excellent acting. Like, wait a minute. He looks like he's really hurt right now. We could also throw in the Lake of Reincarnation. It's like they've taken all of the crazy hodgepodge it. And now this is what has popped out. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm even going to go as far as to say, I don't care if they show it a second time on SmackDown Live. I don't want them to burn out all the ideas too early there are things that people have missed and it is funny enough to watch a second or third time so do not complain that we're seeing it over on smackdown enjoy what we're seeing that being said let's get on into the next segment becky two belts she comes on out both belts in hand well you know on deck 
one around the waist, one on the shoulder, not bad. I liked how she had them both on the shoulder also. There's so many different ways. Not to overshadow one or the other. Maybe if maybe since she's going to be on SmackDown tonight, if she were to do both belts on one shoulder, even though that could probably be very heavy also. Uh, have the SmackDown belt on top and the Raw belt on the bottom. And then for Raw, have it switched around. I mean, we got three weeks till Money in the Bank. We can at least try to pull that one week just to see what it looks like. I I don't know. It, it, it's fun with the with the the waist and the shoulder. This is just small, you know, cosmetics and aesthetics that I would you know toss out there to look for. But all in all, I I, I enjoyed it. A long longer segment. Put some respect on that. I asked for a third segment for the women, but I, we're getting longer segments with the top slotted women, and they're showing all of the not top slotted women what to do and how it should be done so becky is providing somewhat of a master class in remaining hot even though the majority of the internet wants to say she's been cooled off whatever i think uh like i said she's handling herself exactly the way she needs to handle herself the people are clearly still behind her this situation with her battling uh well well defending excuse me both championships uh, at Money in the Bank, I think it's great. I think it keeps the women's division fresh. I think it keeps everyone's eyes on the women's division. You know, you got one thing going on on Raw with her and Lacey Evans. We'll get ready to get into that. And then you got a whole other thing on SmackDown with her and Charlotte. We'll get into that tomorrow. But, you know, with just what these superstars are bringing to the table to try to get the championships off of Becky, it's, it's, it's almost must-see. Because it's like, well, damn, how's she handling this? Because it looks like she has all her attention focused here. But you know, it's just really, really good stuff. I would even like to see maybe someone beat Becky for both championships just to keep that that idea going for a little while and then, you know, transition them off. But, you know, it, it's all in time. We'll see how it all plays out. Last night, Becky came out, spit a long promo, answered a lot of questions that uh, Charlie Caruso was giving to Charlie C with an awesome snakeskin top. Had to back all out. She was doing the thing, trying to look real nice, and it was, it was she nailed it, nailed it. So, uh, you know, Becky says that she has no problem defending both belts. You know, she had to go through a lot to get them, and she had to beat damn near and everybody to get him so she's willing to take on anybody to keep him or however that was worded but it was well said if i didn't say it exactly like that i think i got a close second but all in all it was a really good promo segment called out lacey evans lacey evans came on now and say you know what you want scrap we could get it going right now and that's exactly what they did so they brought it was a pull apart about five times they continued fighting. I enjoyed the fight. It was really just watching the Rams butt the heads. When they were trying to put hands on each other, being broken up by all sorts of WWE officials and backstage hands. Like, you don't want to, you know, put hands on. You don't want to get fined. So, shouts to the class from both women for not losing their emotions and keeping themselves in check. And trying to get their hands on each other. There are many different directions to go in three weeks building toward this. I don't think, well, shit. I will go as far as to say, let's get a pull-apart brawl three weeks leading into it. But... Maybe keep their hands off of the superstars leading into the match and just start antagonizing. Or, uh, well, we did the interference angle. Uh, maybe a distraction angle. I think we might have got that. Uh, I think we, uh, we'll see. But all in all, like I said, it's going to be a good one. Lacey Evans, everybody 
Oh, everybody was so mad when they didn't get to see her in ring. I had faith a couple of the times where I did see NXT back in uh, the May Young Classic two days. I was uh, watching uh, episodes and I definitely found myself enjoying the Lacey Evans segments. So, you know, uh, hey, look, I'll throw one at y'all just because I'm this type of guy and then we'll get into the next segment. Did anybody notice Lacey Evans' outfit last night? Hey, we're on the Anchor app. Lacey Evans had an anchor on her outfit. Do you know what that means? That means that Sasha Banks is chatting with Lacey too. Like, yo, he's talking about you and he likes you. So it's a good look. Hey, Lacey. <laughs> you know, but no, all jokes aside, you know, and extremely off chance that she could stare any of it. My lady, you're doing your thing. But um, like I said, good segment, good build, and I really can't wait to see how this uh how this promo is gonna go tonight between Becky and Charlotte. Zack Ryder, Kurt Hulk is tag team champions taking on the revival and a tag team matchup. Crowd screaming, shave your back, University of uh, Kentucky. Eh. He already got his back shaved. I already spoke on this. I'm not really trying to, you know, make anything more than what it is out of it. It's not even, not even worth that much in my opinion. I'm not talking down on it. It's just like, you know, shave your back chance. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, Ryder and Hawkins pick up the victory. Roll up things like crucifix, you know, on uh, from uh, well, Ryder to one of them. Picked up the victory. It's, a, it's death to the tag division. We got a lot of cats waiting in the wings for the opportunity at the Tag Team Championships. So Ryder and Hawkins picking up these small victories. Shoot, I like to see them pick up victories until they can't pick up no more victories. I like to see them pick up victories until they're taken seriously as a tag team talent. I like to see them pick up victories until, shit, until people are interested in seeing what they're going to do even though they lost the Tag Team Championships. How about that? So... Hawkins and Ryder, we'll just see how it plays out. I got no problem with them. I enjoy what they do, and we'll just see uh, if we get to see any more as, you know, time uh, plays on with this tag team championship run. It is good to see Zach uh, Ryder on WWE television, though, in 2019. So, with all of that, uh, you know, wait, well, let me, you know what? I don't have anything critical to say because Sami Zayn is listening and he's listening very closely and intently to everybody that has some sort of recap or review or uh, critique of the Monday Night Raw product or the WWE product. But I think it's Monday Night Raw mainly because that's where Sammy's at. We've seen him on SmackDown, told him they weren't worth it, said it ain't worth it to even try to go into. So we look at Monday Night Raw. He came out, spit the same thing. It's been rehashed, been reset, it's been not recycled because there are different areas of it. He went into psychological entitlement. And why so, the meaning of it, people pretty much are underneath the impression that they should be listened to, their opinions should be taken seriously, and Vince McMahon is going to give us the product exactly how he decides to give us the product. Me, as one of the uh, advocates in the WWE universe for WWE, I totally understand that there's nothing that we can say that's going to control what, com- what, what, what comes out from Vince McMahon's head. All we can do is give these suggestions and see if he's going to listen. It ain't about sucking up. It ain't about any of that. It's about respecting somebody that's given us something for this many years. If we don't agree with something that he's bringing to the product or we're not big on it or we don't like it, 
trying to talk about the product or talk down on him or his family or any of the superstars. It's not the route. If you don't agree, add other suggestions. Bring something to the table. And it's, even, it's beyond doing it respectfully. It, it, it Bring it to the table and it might, like, do it in a way. Like, if you believe what you're talking about, then I think WWE is willing to listen. God damn it. I don't always, I might, uh, with no relation, but I might ramble sometimes when it comes to this stuff, but God damn it, I know what I'm talking about, especially because of how I watch every week. And I'm 100% sure, 100% sure that everybody underneath the side of my voice right now, and anybody that's ever listened to this podcast knows that they feel the same way. They think they know what they're talking about. So with that, I know what I'm saying. I think everybody should be a little bit more mindful of how they might just be abusing their entitlement to the opinion that they're sharing with the product that we're all watching each and every week. So with all of that cool segment from Sammy, it was something for everyone to learn from, even myself and how critical I can be of the product sometimes. And I don't try to be negative. You know, last time I think I was negative, it was Sam Seth Rollins versus Sammy's not Sammy's name, pardon me, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler. We miss Dolph Ziggler. We do. Just throwing that out there. But um Yeah, good segment from Sammy. Good segment. Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe go at it next. I respect the match only because Rey Mysterio's ankle was hurt at WrestleMania. It sucked. It was good to see him have the heart to go in there. I'm not gonna talk about any of the reasons why he might have went in there on WrestleMania Day, the fact that he was in there tonight and went at it with the United States champion. He was able to pick up the victory, you know. Shouts to him. Shouts to Dominic Giant. Put him on his knees after the victory. But all in all, my favorite spot, that DDT, the Tornado DDT spot. Joe's actually making this guy look really good. He is a Lucha deity. He's making him look great. And honestly, treat others the way you want to be treated. I say that to say this. If Joe's making you look great, you need to be making Joe look great. Any other WWE superstar that's going to be in there with Samoa Joe, make that man look strong because at the end of the day, he's he, he's going hard for other superstars in the same fashion. I enjoy watching him work and that intensity that he brings to the product, you know? We all know he's one he's probably top 3 on the microphone in the company as a whole right now, whatever brand you want to go to. You know, so with all of that, good matchup. Ray picked up the victory. A little stack up, roll up type pinning predicament. It is what it is. Um, like I said, Dom came out, threw his dad on his shoulders. Happy moment, nice, nice spot. And uh, we'll see how the rest of this plays out. I, I like it. Oh, so to, to find to end that off, I'm glad Ray was able to get in there. You know, at a hundred percent and really, uh, you know, try to redeem himself for that 55 second loss at WrestleMania. It was embarrassing and it was humiliating and that's not who he is. It's not who he wanted to display himself to be. So with all of that, I'm willing to say it's all good, Ray. We don't look at you as no less. Sometimes, you know, mistakes get made and we're willing to move forward, you know? It is what it is. We might even get a new United States champion, but maybe not. We want to see Joe beat somebody up, though. We want to see Joe beat up like two, three superstars. Hold up. What we didn't get was Lars Sullivan. No freak accidents. Maybe we'll get it on SmackDown. Oh, well, yeah, because he's a SmackDown superstar, right? Okay, that's cool. No problem. All right, so 
that was that segment. And then we get into the main event. Now, the main event match between Joey and Rey Mysterio was cool. But the main event segment between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles signing a contract for the Universal Championship matchup at WWE Money in the Bank stream live on the WWE Network in three weeks. That was... Uh, it was the formulaic part that everybody knows about. Contract signing ends in chaos, always ends up in a brawl. My thing about it was seeing the elements and how they all played out. You see it a million times, sure. But Seth jumped into the table when AJ went for the phenomenal forearm. Seth flew for that torpedo uh, suicide dive. He was out of the ring and went so far. Both of these men, excellent salesmen. Both of these men, excellent offensive technicians. I think we're going to see something magical at Money in the Bank in three weeks, streaming live on the WWE Network. I really do. Can't wait for it. AJ is walking in on a bad guy's level. I think a low blow might get it all. But at the same time, Seth Rollins did the low blow thing himself. We'll get into it next week if I can. If We'll see how this continues to build. We'll get into more ideas and more opinions that I've had on it next week, but it's all right. Because all in all, even though this show didn't flow by, we were all given very key pieces of information leading into the Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for both Money in the Bank matches. I'm, I'm hyped for the matches that we've gotten thus far. And we're going to see how Roman and Elias can uh, make their way into true relevancy tonight on SmackDown Live. So... I will catch, well, relevancy in the pay-per-view. You already know these guys are the it's. These are the biggest acquisitions in SmackDown Live history. But either way, with all of that being said and shit, this is Blake. Shout out to everybody bringing the podcast each and every week. If you like this, share it. Tell your folks about it. Let them know somebody out there actually trying to advocate for the WWE product. You think there's no points that could be made to make this look positive guess what i'm gonna do it i ain't soft shooting neither i'm keeping it all the way real shit i don't like i'm gonna tell you i don't like but at the same time i'm not gonna sit here and look for things to dislike so i'll catch y'all tomorrow for smackdown live peace